0: here I know you came here because you wanted to be encouraged by God's word and uh, at the same time you had this opportunity to uh, gather together you know the 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 Lord says uh, through in his word that man we should not forsake the assembling of the brethren you know and there why is that well because I believe that there is such power like even in that praise time right if you came in here I'm sorry but if you came in here with a bad attitude you didn't you didn't your bad attitude stopped right there right you, you know if you were discouraged or it's like it's an amazing thing and I think they're trying to fix why my my voice is echoing all over is it echoing and just changing but We're going. There we go. Now we're muted out. Perfect. Um, But isn't it amazing when you gather together with the brothers and sisters in Christ? And if you're here and you're not a Christian yet, man, let me tell you, God loves you. He cares about you. And and that was not just a religious kind of, oh, we got to do this because it's have to. This is an expression of our relationship with Jesus. And that's what really worship is just us giving thanks to Jesus and us saying, man, I, I just want to give you thanks. I want, I, great is the Lord, you know? It's our breath that we're praising him with. He's given us that breath. Should we make a lot of noise for Jesus? That's what I'm thinking, yeah. That's what it comes down to. I think, I think if anything... There's something about that. And, you know, today in the story that we're in, uh, Jesus, he is at a place where in this conversations with Jesus we're having, uh, we're, we're going through the gospel of Luke and Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And, and, and he's really on his way to be crucified, but he's crisscrossing his way through Israel and he's making stops, he's healing people, he's providing miracles, he's doing incredible feats and he's preaching the kingdom of God. But um, today he comes to a group of 10 men who are all have been cursed, if you would, if they've, they've been diseased by leprosy. And he is about to bring them complete healing. And the thing is, all these 10 are going to go from a desperate situation to an unbelievable declaration that, man, I'm clean, I'm healed. But only one, in fact, you may know this story. There's one that comes back and worships and thanks Jesus and gives him all the praise and thanks because uh, his life gets radically changed and he comes back and he wants more than just even physical healing. He wants spiritual. And, you know, there's something about being thankful. There's something about being thankful in our lives, you know? There's just, there's a gratefulness that can come out. And today, our title for this whole message, for this this part of our series, is is really just about how thankfulness is, in fact, so important. It, it's this, it's thankfulness gets noticed. It gets noticed. Jesus is going to notice it. He's going to notice our thankfulness. And, uh, you know, yesterday, we were at... Uh, uh, We had the 8.21 in the morning, but at night we had this, uh, Barry University had a soccer game that they had to win, and the men's soccer game, and they won the game. They're 11-3-1 right now. You can kind of celebrate that if you would, yeah? Some of you are going, who's Barry University, and why do you love them? Well, Coach Steve McGrath, he comes here. He's one of our elders, and his wife Katie. And and so we we love the, the team. We want to support them. But here's what was crazy. You know, we're watching the game. And uh, they were down a man because they had gotten two yellow cards. And, and so they, they removed one of their players. So now they're fighting for their lives because if they don't win these last two games, it's going to disrupt their whole playoff and how they make it to the final rounds and the next rounds and all that good stuff. So we're watching the second half and they're down a man. And every minute is excruciating, you know, it's, it's really excruciating. So uh, there's a bunch of us and we had horns, we had cowbells and we had our voice. And we were making a lot of noise. It was the section. I think we disrupted the quietness of the stands because all of a sudden there's horns, there's cowbells, there's yelling, there's screaming. And in a lot of ways in our pride, we felt like we helped them win that game. So we just, I was like, oh yeah, we disrupted that player by that horn that we blasted out, Ryan and I, and a couple of the girls are blasting out their horns. And so we just felt like, man, it was awesome. Well, you know, they have a tradition after every game that the players, they come over to the stands to just kind of applaud. They're not taking bows. They're actually applauding the the crowd. I love that. Because of our horn section that was so powerful, but it was no, but I love the fact that they're just like, hey, we appreciate what you guys did. And we're like, yeah, we feel you, bro. We got you. We, we feel you. We, we, we're in our heart. But here's the idea. It, it always feels good when somebody gives you thanks for something, you know. If especially if it's a young child, uh, maybe you give them a gift, and uh, I'm always blessed when uh, maybe somebody in my family or friends, and you get them a gift, and they write you a handwritten note, because, you know, mom and dad made them, but anyway, they, they do it, but they do it, and you get it in the mail, and you open it up, and you can see, oh, thank you so much for this and that, I really appreciate it. It's just, you, you took time to make thanks, right? There's something special about that. I'm telling you, it gets noticed. Gets noticed. And Jesus is going to break that down today, you know, because here's the idea. And let me give you the backdrop. As he's on his way to Israel, and for some of you right now, you're going, ah, what does this have to do with my life? Hang on, because thankfulness gets noticed. And when you see what Jesus does in his conversation, you're going to want to apply some truths to your life, too, just in how um, we react and what we do. And it's not even just about thankfulness, it's about just even our walk with him. Because here's these. 10 guys. And let me explain to you leprosy for a second. This is a radical disease. This is something that we just don't know about in the United States, but it is still goes on in some parts of the world. They call it a Hansen's disease, but this is something that can start with a spot and then it spreads and it gets in your nerves and your tissues and And what it begins to do is actually shrivel up. It can shrivel up your bone marrow and shrivel up your bones. And then your fingers start to disappear. And then if your nerves are bad because you can't feel anything, you'll touch things that are sharp or burnt. And then you'll cut. And then you have to get it amputated. There's all sorts of different problems that come. You have uh, ulcers or or, uh, blisters or oozing pus balls on your arm and your skin. Am I grossing you out yet? That's good. But no, but seriously, this is what people live with, and then the smell—you smell because of the, the the infection that's coming out of you. You smell. So you understand these guys, here's what the Old Testament law, they actually in Leviticus 13 and 14, they actually tell you like, this is what you got to do when somebody has leprosy. In fact, they would take someone who they think they would say, hey, you got to go see the priest because you might have leprosy. And so what that priest would do, he would go outside the city with that person, meet with them, inspect them, see if in fact... Do you have that spot? Do you have that problem? And they would begin to, can you imagine that grief? Like waiting for your test result and the priest is the decider. Hopefully you didn't tick him off last week, you know? Because he basically is gonna tell you if you have leprosy, you need to go outside the camp and we're gonna take all your clothes and all your stuff at your house. We're gonna burn it. And your family can't see you anymore. You have a kid, I'm sorry, you can't see that kid anymore. You have a wife, I'm sorry, you can't even go near them anymore. And if you're, unless she's infected and then you're going to be the only ones that can hang out together. Can you imagine the desperate just decay of your life at this point? It's this insidious disease that causes such disruption that actually causes uh, this separation from you, family, friends, all these things, normal life, not only that, but takes you away not only from family and friends, but from your faith because you can't even go to the temple. So now you're, you're completely taken away from anything that has incredible value to your life. And so uh, in a lot of ways, as the Bible often will type it as sin. Sin, which means I'm missing the mark. I'm, I'm missing the mark of God's standard, of his holiness, his righteousness. We've lied. We've maybe cheated. Maybe you've gossip. Maybe you've had a a wicked thought. Jesus said, if if you've, uh, man, thought lustfully in your mind, then you've committed adultery. You know, It's not like you just have to commit adultery. So Jesus takes the spirit of the law. But the idea is we've all sinned, right? The Bible says we all have sinned. I'm going to tell you right now, we've all sinned. I'm not just the only one. But we've all sinned. And the Bible says we fall short of the glory of God. In other words, we miss that mark. We can't hit the perfection. We can't hit the bullseye. We got a problem, man. I can't get rid of this sin. I can't get rid of it. And it's like I am separated from a holy God. The Bible also says that the wages of sin is death. It's eternal separation from God. But, this is the good news, right? The gift of God's free gift. We talked about that. It's a free gift. is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good news? We like that, right? Yeah. So. We are like the lepers, right? On the outside, and we're dead in our sin. It's like our life is, is, is over. You know, today, yes, there's, there's some medicine. There's ways to heal. But in those days, there was nothing unless God intervened. Do you understand that? It, it, it's, it's this radical problem these 10 guys had. Maybe they had a five-year-old that just celebrated their birthday, and he wasn't able to be there because, oh, I'm outside the camp because, man, I got leprosy. In fact, if the family, maybe that the family brought the plate of food for them because, you know, they care about them, they would, they would have to stay 50 yards away, drop the plate, and then they would have to back off. And in fact, after they got the food, they'd have to take that plate, pound it, and then burn it because that's how disastrous it was. <laughs> you see, I think if we looked at as sin as this thing that could start off so small. And it could spread so quickly that it could overtake our lives and it could cause us to feel separated. And you may be here today and maybe this week was not even a good week for you. And right now you're going, oh, I don't really need to hear this. I don't really want to hear. I'm not. Listen, I got great news for you. God loves you. And he sent his son, Jesus, to come and pay a price for us so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so that we wouldn't have to be outside the camp, but that we could be in the camp with him, that we could be forgiven, that we could be cleansed, that we could be healed. And if you've never experienced that forgiveness, man, we don't want you to miss that. But here's what happens with our savior, Jesus, who, uh, you know, if you can imagine now, uh, this is the setting, you've got the 10 guys, right? I've just explained to you, you kind of get the thought process. Nobody wants to go near him. Nobody, uh, other than Jesus, obviously Luke chapter five, another story where he healed a leper. He actually went and touched the leper and healed him. Do you remember that story? Okay. We went through that one going through the gospel of Luke. That's what we're doing. So now he, he touches that one. This one, he's going to heal completely different, which I'm, I'm going to challenge you guys. Don't ever try to put God in a box that he can only do it this way or that way, or this is how I got to pray, or this is how we got to do it, or I got to go this way, or I got to do that. No, no, no. God's saying I, I do it all certain of different ways. So you just never know what I'm going to do. You got to trust me, but check it out. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. We're going to pick it up and we're just going to read this one verse because I love this. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem. This is Jesus on, on his way to Jerusalem. And why? Because he is going to die on a cross for your sins and mine. That's the bottom line. That was his goal. That was what he did. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Jesus went to the cross to die in my place, in your place, and that was why he was going to Jerusalem. And check it out. As he went to Jerusalem, as, now it happened, I love that, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. That's where these ten lepers are going to be. And if I could say to you this, that there is always a purpose in where Jesus goes. Wherever he passed through, there's a purpose. And I believe for you and I, there's always a purpose where we pass. Where are you gonna pass through tomorrow? Is it the job place? Is it, you know, uh, maybe it's a server at the restaurant. Maybe it's uh, wherever it may be. There is a purpose that God wants to do in your life. You know, Jesus at the end of the gospel of Mark, he said this, and this is when he's going up to heaven, but he's already done it. But in the end of Mark chapter 16, and, and, and this is that verse that I believe that, uh, you know, uh, many of you uh, maybe know and maybe you've heard before. But in Mark chapter 16, it's very close to just at the end of where you're at. And I'm going to kind of read it to you. It's verse 20. And check out what happened. This is after the Lord had spoke to him. He received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God. So Jesus, he's died on the cross. He rose again. He appears to his disciples. Now he's sitting at the right hand of God. But this is what it says in verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere. Okay, so the disciples are going out and they're preaching everywhere. But check out, this is my favorite part. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. But I thought I just said he's sitting at the right hand of God. Yeah, he is. But the Lord's working with them because you see Jesus is where you are and his purpose is your purpose. If you allow his purpose to be your purpose, you're going to find your purpose. Do you understand? It's like wherever I go, man, if I if I walk to this place tomorrow at work, man, what is that purpose? Who is that person that's lonely, that's, that needs encouraging, that needs uplifting? Who's that person that needs prayer at school? What's that? Hey, man, you know what? Generation of millennials and young people, you're in college. There are so many hurting people. They may think they know all the answers. But if you have Jesus, you have something that so many are seeking, but they don't know what it is. And all you have to do is you have to say, hey, I, I just want to tell you about my life and what's happened in my life how how I know I have eternal life I just want to share with you what that means to me what this life abundantly means to me what does that mean to me in fact you know we were at a restaurant recently Gabby and I and, and we got to um, you know, it was, oh, it was such a good food and restaurant and you, so easy to get caught up in the meal and you can forget about anybody around you. Ever been in one of those places, you know, it's like, oh, man, this is awesome. And the servers were really good. Well, our server was this really sweet girl and she she just was an excellent server. And so this place was cranking, absolutely busy, couldn't believe how busy it was. And so but we started to try to have a conversation with her. And, and find out. And sure enough, God starts leading into different avenues where, oh, well, uh, you know, what? What, what, what would you want? What would she, she said, this isn't my ideal. And I said, well, what's your ideal? What would you love to do? She goes, I'm not really sure, you know? And then, uh, I I don't know really what's ahead and I'm not sure what's out there. And I go, wow, do you, do you have any? And we begin to talk about faith. Now we're trying to let her, you know, do her job but we're trying, you know, it's kind of like, you can't just go, okay, now I need you to hear the gospel with me and, and stay here and forget all your other clients. But, but for a moment, man. We got to encourage her just in how much God loves her and that there is a purpose that goes way beyond what maybe even she thinks. That God may have even brought us there just to share that with her that day. And maybe that's one seed that gets planted. And remember what Paul said in the book of Corinthians, it's neither he that plants or he that waters, but God who gives the increase. So what you're doing is you see everybody that you come across, that you have a purpose, you get to share a little bit with and you get to encourage. Or maybe you just say, hey, you know what? One of the greatest things you can do for somebody is pray for them because guess what? You know how to pray. Because you have a, a, a father in heaven who, he, you know, we know we have a, a great high peace Priest who can sympathize. He, it's not like he can't sympathize with us. He's been through all the temptations. He's been through all the stuff. He's paved the way for us to go to a holy God, and we get to pray. We get to say, God, can you please help my friend? They're going through these problems. There's a healing that needs to happen. Could you please help them? Could you do something? Do you know that most people don't even know how to pray? And in fact, when you pray for them, you you could be at a place where you feel like, wow, uh, that, uh, you, you 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 don't maybe you don't sure if I'm a good prayer person or whatever. But you ask the Holy Spirit to help you pray. And as you pray for them, God's going to give you the words. And I guarantee you, when you finish, that person, probably going to look at you and go, that was the most beautiful prayer I've ever heard in my life. And you'd be like, man, I should be preaching on Sunday. What am I doing? I mean, get Greg off that stage, man. Let's do it. Hey, man, let's go. Let's go. But here's the idea. this Go back to Luke 17. I believe that God's got a purpose for you. And, you know, Ephesians, obviously, 2.10 talks about that you're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, right? And God prepared beforehand, before the foundation of the world, he's created these good works for you. And the question is, will you and I walk in them? I really believe that when we have a thankfulness in our heart, we're going to try to walk in his purpose. I really believe that. I think when there's thankfulness, our purpose is going to be much more than just me making money at my job or or even going to eat at that restaurant. When I have thankfulness in my heart, I'm going to care about people because just like Jesus, who's about to stop for these 10 guys who everybody else blows off and probably runs the other way, Jesus is going to stop because he's got compassion for them and he's got a care and concern for them. Right now, I see some of you are freezing in here. I have compassion for you because the AC is absolutely stunningly perfect today, which uh, don't, it doesn't happen all the time. But uh, I just want to encourage you on this. In that same way that I may be able to see, oh, there's people that are cold. Can we fix the AC? You're asking me. I can't even adjust it. I'm so sorry. But Jesus can adjust whatever is going on in somebody's life because he can bring comfort to somebody that you and I, man, we, we don't have the words. I don't have the ability, but he does. And so we go back. Okay, check it out. Luke, Luke 17, we've gotten through one verse. It's awesome. Okay. <laughs> check it out, verse 12. Then as he entered a certain village, there's that purpose, right? There met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. Why'd they stand afar off? Because, again, as I mentioned to you before, they weren't even allowed to approach people. In fact, this is what they would have to do. If they got near somebody or if somebody accidentally got near to them and this person was uh, this person did not have leprosy and they had leprosy, you know what they'd have to do? Imagine unclean, unclean, unclean. And then everybody scatters because that was the siren. That was the, 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 the alarm that there was a leper in their area. Wow. I mean, the heaviness of what these people had to live with, right? So why did they stand afar off? Because they were unclean. Can I just take a moment? There's so many times in your walk with the Lord, or if you haven't begun a relationship with Jesus, that you can feel unworthy or unclean. Because maybe maybe you even did something this week, or maybe, maybe you did something in the last year or the last six months or whatever it may be, and right now you're, you're, you're thinking, oh man, I, and you did not even want to come to church today because for you, coming to church was this sort of serene, white, holy place that nobody could relate to me. Nobody gets me. I'm not perfect. Why would I go to a perfect church? This is not a perfect church. I'm going to tell you right now. Look at the person left to you and just tell them you're not perfect. <laughs> If you have nobody next to you, turn around and tell them you're not perfect. (laughs) But here's the idea. No one's perfect here, but we're all sinners. And here's what the Bible would teach us. That that even though we are sinners, that Christ, while we're still sinning, this is how God's love was demonstrated for us, that while you and I were still sinning, that Jesus Christ died for us. So that we have this picture of us being unclean, and we could say, oh, I don't want to go to be near God because I don't want to even be near any of that what's going on. And I, I'm not worthy of that. and I'm not holy in that. And I've blown it this week. And I don't even feel like I should read my Bible. I don't even feel like I should pray. I don't even feel like I should work at worship. You ever feel that way? You get to that place where you feel like, oh man, I blew it and I don't feel like I, I should do that or what. That's the lie of the enemy. And what Jesus does is he closes the gaps because he doesn't want you to stand afar off because he's the one who's able to say, hey, I can touch you and make you clean. Because if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins. And what does he do? He cleanses you from all the garbage, all the unrighteousness. That's what 1 John 1 9 says. So you, you have this opportunity where we go, wow, all right, Lord, I, I don't want to stand afar off. I, I need to close the gap. I need to make sure that I'm, I'm not. I, I, I want to I take that step of faith, and, and I'm so glad that you are here today. That maybe, maybe you haven't been to church for a while, and maybe this was a time where you felt like this morning, man, I, I guess I, I, something was knocking on your heart, go to church, go to church, and, and you just decided, okay, I'm going to go, even though I don't want to go, because I feel so far away from Jesus, because I'm just not worthy. Gang, the Lord is going, oh, I love that you're here today, and I got such a great word for you, because I love you, and you know what? I want to close the gaps. Amen? Jesus closes the gaps. That's what he does. And you know how he does it? He died, he died on a cross. His arms are spread. The wages of sin is a separation from God, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So here's Jesus dying with his arms laid out so that you and I could not be separated from a holy God anymore because even though there's that wedge in between us and God, Jesus fills the gap. Amen? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot to celebrate. Yeah, you could be thankful. Like we should practice Thanksgiving, right? Let's go ahead and thank Jesus for that, for sure. There's no, hey, listen, there's no phoniness to that. That's an out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Man, you got to express thankfulness. I'm telling you, we got to, when we're thankful, we're going to realize, the Lord, you've closed that gap. I'm not going to let any lie get into my heart that's going to separate me from a relationship with you. And if I've blown it, Lord, I don't want to keep doing it. Lord, help me. But don't let it keep me away from you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now we go check it out. We've gotten through two verses. Man, I'm firing up. It's awesome. You guys are like, what time are we getting out of here? Okay, don't worry. But check out verse 13. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master. I love that. Master, ruler, Lord, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. Now, here, here's, the, here's the idea. Uh, Jesus, he's aside, the 10 guys are over there. They've been ridiculed. They've been uh, just persecuted. They just, you know, put out of the city. And here they're going, they've heard stories about Jesus. Maybe they heard about him touching the other leper. Maybe it was a, you know, the word got around the leper colony. Like, there's a guy that got healed. You're not going to believe it because you got to understand other than Naaman and Uzziah, there there weren't any people, even when you go through all the Old Testament scriptures, that was it, man, that got cleansed of leprosy, okay? Was, there was nobody. So, in fact, when you go to the priest, it was like, no, you you don't have, an, there's no healing possible. There's no medicine. There's nothing going to be possible. No one has ever gone to the priest and said, hey, check me out. I'm clean now. And so, Jesus, he says, hey, I want, You to go show yourselves the priest because there was then the priest was going to take two birds and some scarlet, some hyssop, uh, their water. He would actually kill one of the birds under running water. Very interesting typology there as far as Christ because you know, you think about it, man. Jesus, he, he they, they killed the birds in an earthen vessel. We are earthen vessels filled with treasure, his treasure, the, the, the Lord Jesus. And then the blood with the water pouring over it. Jesus, when he died on the cross, there was blood and water that came out of him, right? And then uh, they had the hyssop that they would put and, and they would sprinkle with uh, scarlet. The hyssop was what they used when Jesus was on the cross to actually try to feed him uh, some vinegar water basically and then the the scarlet of course our sins are like scarlet but yet the Lord would make them white as snow and so there's this incredible picture if you would because one bird dies but it's put in the earthen vessel yes the Holy Spirit certainly uh, the the spirit of Jesus is gets he becomes a man he cakes on an earthen vessel but then what happens that other bird lives and flies off because Jesus would rise again to pay the price for your sins and Now, it's cra- like way too much to like get into now. But I'm going to tell you that every part of the Bible points to another part of the Bible. The Old Testament helps interpret the New Testament and, and vice versa. We look back and forth. And so here's this picture where Jesus is saying, hey, go show yourselves to the priest. Go show yourselves. And these guys are like, wait a second. I'm still, I mean, they can look at each other like, dude, you still leprous. I mean, you still got pus wounds and you smell bad. I mean, but they had to take a step of faith at that moment in their life. They had to actually say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Let's go. I mean, this is Jesus who healed the leper. I mean, it's never been done before. Let's go ahead and go. Here's my thought for you and me. If he says, go show yourselves to the priest, this seemed like an impossible task. And you know, I believe that God gives you and I the option He really does give you and I the option to do the impossible. That's the next thought. He he gives you and I this option to step out to do the impossible. But it's an option. Each and every day, we have this option. Well, Lord, you're calling me to do something that just doesn't sound right. I don't even think that's possible. I'm going to step out. I don't even, I don't even see how that's going to work. I, I, I don't see the possibility of that. What's going to happen if I step out? Can you imagine these guys in their hearts? Oh, what are we going to go? We're going to go to the priest. He's going to, once again, he's going to squash us and tell us, you got to live outside the city. I don't want to see you. But they had to take a step of faith, believing that the impossible was in fact possible. Jeremiah talked about it, right? God Said to Jeremiah, "But well, you know, who, who I? I'm the Lord. Who am I? Behold, I'm the Lord, the God of all the flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Seriously." That's what, that's a verse for somebody here today. Maybe it's for everybody, right? <laughs> is there anything too hard for God? Oh, is there anything? Is it, oh, I need wisdom for my exams, Lord. Oh, I need a new job, Lord. I need a, a wife, I, I, Lord. I, I need, Lord, this, this uh, money to come in. I need whatever it may be, God, can you provide? And so is there anything too hard for God? Really, is there anything too hard for God? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 it says this that you and I we must walk by faith and not by sight right and I'm telling you, when you're full of thankfulness, you're, I, I really believe that you're going to know him better. And what will happen is you will begin to walk in a way that is different than just, oh, well, I'm not sure. But you're going to go, Lord, I'm so thankful for what you've done. Why wouldn't you be able to do it again? Because the more I'm thankful about what he's done in my life, the more I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Because I'm going to remember all those great things and wondrous tr- truths that he did. And so we have this opportunity where you and I, we can say, all right, I got to step out. I want to step out in this kind of faith. I want to I want to pour out that kind of faith, Lord, to help me. It happens in our walk when we realize we're sinners and we're outside the camp, right? And God's holy and I'm not. And you got to step by faith and believe that Jesus who died on the cross, who was lifted up, that he is the one who paid the price. And when I put my faith and trust in him, I'm forgiven. But there's this step of faith. What happens? And then you become this new creation in Christ. You know what's crazy about when the lepers would go to the priests and that they, in the Old Testament tells them, and when you do find that you are, uh, you know, that the leprosy is starting to fade, this is what you do. You're going to shave your head. You're going to shave your eye. You're going to shave everything. You're going to burn your clothes. You're going to put on new clothes. You're going to do a whole new thing. And it's like a new growth. And just like Jesus, when he comes in your life, you're a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. That's a beautiful thing about the Lord. That I don't care what you've done, what you brought into this house today. That the Lord loves you, that He says, oh man, you know what? I, got, I want to do a new thing in you. If you're willing to step out and trust me and just say, yeah, Lord, I, I, I trust you for that. I trust you for that truth. I trust you for forgiveness. But the impossible, Greg, you don't understand. It's, it's like, how do we even get there? I believe sometimes you've got to have that childlike faith. You've got to really believe. You know, last night at the Barry game, uh, so Steve and Katie, they have this precious little son, Kieran, and, uh, you know, here we are, the man down, time's running. They just scored a goal to get a little closer, so now it's three to two, and, you know, these guys are obviously one man extra, and it's just an intense game. And, and all of a sudden, Kieran goes, okay. He starts pointing out to each person. All right, when I count to three, you're going to say, go bury bucks. And then when I count to three, he goes around to every person. Calls out our name. Mom, you're going to do it. Gabby, you're going to do it. Greg, you're going to do it. Nellie, you're going to do it. You know, Ryan, Heather, he starts calling everybody out on the count of three. And then he goes, one, two, three, go bury bucks. It's like he believed, like, hey, we can charge these guys up. Just have that kind of faith to step out and believe that God can do anything trust him, it's a childlike faith that can take us over the next spot, and check out what happens with these guys, and one of them, verse 15, when he saw that he was healed, you know, so it was that they went, they were cleansed, right, so can you imagine that, right, so they turned, and they, as they go, all of a sudden, they look at each other, they go, whoa, you don't have any sores anymore, you don't, you don't smell bad, you don't, you know you're you're we're healed. can you imagine the excitement they're about to they're about to get back with their families they're about to go hug their five year old they're about to just enjoy uh food again at a dinner table. can you imagine everything that you take for granted everything that 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 God was going to now just bless them with and so here they go and they're healed and Jesus and the one guy he goes and he saw he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God. So not just a soft voice. That's why when we worship, man, we should have a loud voice, to be honest with you guys. There's a thanksgiving of praise that comes out of our heart, you know. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's like a loud voice that glorifies God. He fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? And really, in the grammatical, it's kind of like, um, there should be nine more here. Where, it's like, where are they? I don't want to be one of the nine, do you? I don't want to ever be one of the nine. I, I just want to have a thankful heart. And this guy, what he does is he falls down on his face, gives him thanks, and, 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 and just worships Jesus. And Jesus says to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And that word well is whole. And it's totally different from healing. Now it's, it's salvation. It's your faith has saved you. You now are not just physically healed, but now you've just gotten spiritual healing. You've just been forgiven. You've just given the promise of eternal life. Can I just say that thankfulness, thankfulness should be heard, should be heard. Like, what, what are you thankful for? Psalms, Psalms lists it this way. Psalm 100, check it out. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. This is, hey, guess what? When you come to the church, you're entering into his gates because this is his house. We come into his house. It's our house together, the church. But we enter with praise and we're thankful to him. We bless his name. You know, you, you want, you have a praise report, man, shout it out, write it down on a paper so we can shout it out. Let people know what God has done so we can celebrate that. Amen. Yeah, they've got to do that. Psalm 107. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. It's like, oh, that we would just do that for his goodness and his wonderful works. What has God done in your life? Are you thankful for those things? Have you given it up to him? Have you said, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for my job. Thank you for the car. Thank you for my breath. Thank you, God, for my wife. Thank you for whatever it may be in your life. You give him thanks, but you don't hold it back. You know, when you're out with people who aren't Christians, what, if they say, well, it's such a nice car, man, you know, I got to tell you this story while God hooked me up with this car. You just giving them thanks in the process. You don't have to be weird about it. You don't have to. It can be so normal as a part of your life. I just want to give God thanks because this is what he did in my life. Man, there's a practice that we got to praise and to just start to practice praise. But here's what can happen. All of your stuff in your life and the worries and the difficulties and everything that's going on can get in the way of you being thankful. And that's why I believe Paul wrote this verse in Philippians, right? It's like the cure-all, be anxious for nothing, right? Don't worry about anything. But in everything, what does he say? By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. It's the key. Like pray and, and seek God, but do it with thanksgiving. Why? Why do I think that? Because the, the, it says, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I really, truly believe that when you, you're you seeking God, you're praying, and you're, you're giving him all your things, when you do it with thanksgiving, what ends up happening is you're thankful for what he's done, and now you're reminded of, of how he can work in your life. And you're going, Lord, thank you so much, Jesus, that you died for me. Thank you so much that I'm forgiven myself. Thank you that you took me from the pit and you put me on the rock. Thank you, God, that you have provided us with so many different things. Thank you, God, for all those things. And now all of a sudden, you're starting to pray for the things that you need. But Lord, you're gonna start going, thank you, Lord, that you can answer the prayer that is going on. Lord, you can do this. Lord, what's going on in my life? You can do it. And those worries, I believe the peace of God will end up truly being all over you. And you'll be like, wow, you know what? It's just because I'm starting to take my focus off of me and I'm putting it on who he is. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Because these guys, I don't want to be one of the nine. I want to be the one who comes back and says, Lord, let, let me let me go ahead and give you thanks, Lord. Amen? I don't, I don't want to be that person. It doesn't give him thanks. Can I tell you a story? So, I read this story and I think of leprosy and I got to be honest with you, when it, it, it hit my heart because when, when I first got diagnosed as HIV positive, and maybe some of you don't know my whole testimony, but when I was first diagnosed as HIV positive, man, it was like I was a leper, to be honest with it. Because I had to keep it quiet. Couldn't tell anybody. I didn't have to walk around going, unclean, unclean. But it, as words started to trickle out, Oh, man, I saw people treat me different. It was really interesting. Now today there's more education. People know more back then. It was like, Oh my goodness, you're going to die in a year and a half. You'll be dead in two years, whatever. I need to stay away. I, I remember having a guy that was staying at my apartment in New York and he was crashing there for a little bit. And uh, I, he found out that what was going on, or he heard the rumor that potentially what was happening. And sure enough, he just like split. Like it was nobody's business. Didn't explain anything. Just was like, Hey, I got to go. I'm going to go stay at this guy's house and I'm out of here. And man, it brought me so low, you know, it just brought me to that place where I went, wow, Lord, what, that, that's what it, that's what that feels like to be sort of rejected, can I just tell you that when you're near to sin, and you kind of face this holy God, and I know it's weird, maybe you've never been to church, or maybe you've been here a hundred times, but you know what, sometimes you can feel like you're rejected, but Yet, this is the place where God loves you and he, he cares about you and he wants to heal whatever wounds are in your heart and he wants to take whatever sin that you have and he wants to forgive it. Because that's why he came to die. To pay the price for your sins and mine. So that you would never feel that outcast. But that you would feel the comfort and the grace of God. So I want to pray for you. We're going to pray together with our heads bowed, and eyes closed. If you're here, even if you're a Christian, you're going, man, I need prayer for stuff in my life that I just want to give over to the Lord because, uh, man, I've been struggling big time. Or maybe you're not a Christian. You just say, I need prayer because I have never gotten forgiveness. So, Lord God, we thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for you, Jesus. I want to pray for our church that you would help us, help us to grow. Help us to know you better. I pray for anybody that doesn't know you yet, that they would understand your great love for them, that they would understand your compassion. You look on at this disease of sin that we have, Lord, that we've inherited, that we hold on to. And you look on and you say, I'm willing to forgive them. Thank you that you don't keep us as outcasts, but Lord, that you allow us to be close. So I want to pray for, Lord, anyone here that maybe your spirit is touched today. Maybe they're not a Christian yet. Maybe they're already a Christian. Maybe they've been dealing with this. But, Lord, this isn't um, for anybody else but for you. If you're here with our heads bowed, eyes closed, you go, yeah, just pray for me. I want to pray. I want to pray that that the Lord would take this, whatever sin. I've been struggling with this. I've been dealing with this. I've never been forgiven of it. I've never confessed it. I just want the Lord to heal me and forgive me. And I want to be close to him again. If you just lift up your hand, I'm going to pray for you. That's you today. Yeah. See, the Lord sees your hands. He sees your faith. He sees your courage. He sees you taking that step of faith. And you saying, hey, I want to I honor God. So God, we thank you for everybody that's here. We thank you, God, for those that, Lord, just even now have confessed unto you, Lord, I'm dealing with this, I'm struggling with this. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would please help them to know you and your forgiveness. Even by praying this as a, as a whole church, let's pray it together out loud. Let's pray this and just, let's confess this to the Lord. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, that you rose again. Lord, I place my trust in you.